I want to open in prayer. Father, I pray that this day, as we open your scriptures, as we read what you've said to the church at Ephesus and to the church today, Father God, you would speak to our hearts, that you would continually be conforming us more and more into your image. That, Father, in our relationships within the church, in the body, in our relationships in the home, in our relationships in the marriage, and, Lord, in our relationships being viewed in this world, that we would glorify you, that your will would be done in our lives, that would be, we would be your people. So, Father, we, we, I ask you for grace. I ask you for mercy in your hand. May you anoint your word. May you speak to the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Okay, um, Pastor Matt is gone. We prayed for him and others. We're still in a time where, you know, the COVID virus is still affecting people. And uh, Pastor Matt is home and he will be for another seven to 10 days or so. I don't know how long. And I pray that the Lord just gives us grace. And as Johnny prayed, I thank you for it, Johnny. Um, that the Lord strengthens our, our physical system, that, that He comes into our bodies and He performs glorious and miraculous things. And we, and we live to share of His goodness. So, um, we are going to be continuing in Ephesians chapter 5. I was there two weeks ago. Brian was there last week. Pastor Matt has been speaking of this chapter or of this book for a number of weeks. And we're going to continue right in Ephesians. We're going to begin similar to Brian last week. I was given verse 22 to start with, but I'm going to back up one verse and we're going to start in 21. Um, this is a book that is written to followers of Christ. And, um, I was thinking, okay, who, who is this speaking to this passage? And this passage is speaking husbands and wives, but, but much more than that. It's speaking to people who are not married. It is speaking to people who were previously married. And it's speaking to the body of Christ because what he's teaching here gets brought into every area of our daily life. He has two passage, two distinguishing sections where we speak to wives first and we speak to husbands. And I'm going to go to another passage as well. But young people who are not married, this is very good because I think um, the, the Culture that we live in, in America, we are very independent people, land of the free and home of the brave, and that we're self-starters and we can do it. And, and uh, the Lord wants to challenge that in our lives. If we look at verse 21, where Brian ended, I believe, submitting one another out of reverence for Christ. 
This is a call to all of those who say they follow Christ. There is a submission to one another that Paul specifies and spells out. It is a yielding. It is a deferring of my own thought, my own opinion, my own desire to somebody else. And in the church, we can apply that so many different times because I have an opinion on about everything. And many times, not just me, you do as well. Um, and many times I think my own opinion is very important. Um, what the Lord wants to do in our lives is bring a submission to one another into our lives where I don't think of my own self and my own vision, my own goals, my own thoughts, high and lofty. But he calls us to consider one another in a mutual submission to each other. In verse 22 is where we're going to bring that into a little more specific area. In verse Maybe, let's read this entire passage, which isn't long. We're going to read 22 through 25, and then I'll continue. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also... Wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. We see in there that there's one, two, three verses that are, we may think are more directed toward the wives and one verse that is directed toward the husband. And it is. But that doesn't magnify that he's speaking more so to wives than he is to husbands. Matter of fact, toward the end of this, I'm going to put forth that the husband, your challenge is much greater than what is given to the wife. Um, The thought there about submission, yielding, to defer, And we don't like this word to obey. Even in our daily life and in our Christian walk, the word obey may kind of rub funny with each of us. But that is what is put forth in Scripture. If we are followers of Christ, we are to obey Him. Men, women, single, those who were previously married and are not for one reason or another, death or divorce, we are called to obey God. 
I gave a past, uh, sermon two weeks ago, and, and it was about sexual immorality and being separate from the world. And we are called to obey. And that is a challenge. But as we look here, he brings it into maybe a little bit more specific area, saying women, submit to, obey, or defer to your husbands. I want to bring a thought in here that I've had for a number of months. Um, A Latin term, sometimes is spoke about biblical things, quorum deo. It's Latin. I don't expect you to remember it. Um, But it means in the presence of God or before the face of God. As Paul says here, women submit or obey your husbands. Very similar to submit to one another before the face of God. Are we living our lives as if God is seeing us and watching us? I brought this to somebody and I said, I'm going to think about adding this. And he he brought and he said, it's kind of like my son when I'm addressing him and he turns his head. How many times in our lives do we, with obedience and submission, turn away from God thinking that he no longer sees us. And and somehow that makes it easier. Like a child. You ask, hey, did you do this? And they turn. Hey, I'm talking to you. Look at me. We do that with our children. There is a thought that we need to be living before the face of God. Not hidden. We don't turn from him. We respond to what he's asking. For women, um, this is a recognition of an accountability structure that goes clear back to Genesis. It does not make women a secondary citizen in the kingdom of heaven. Any more than me submitting to any one of you in the church. It is a decision we take to defer, to honor, to respect the other's opinion as greater than ourselves. And that's a challenge all through life because we want to defend ourselves and we want to go forward. We want to present my opinion is right and we need to do what I want, which is completely separate from what God has called us to do. We submit ourselves one to another. Adam was made first and Eve came out of him. Adam, your wife may have been beguiled, but you disobeyed. She may have been tricked. There is a greater accountability for the structure that the Lord has put in marriage. Men are held to the higher accountability. And women, 
wives, those who are thinking of one day being married, the Lord does call us to a honoring, not us, women, I'm sorry, I'm not a woman. (laughs) Wives are called to honor and submit to their husbands. I want to look at this um, passage. Noah, again, stay with your notes. I want to look at verse, I'm going to have to find it. For a husband is the head of the wife, verse 23, even as Christ is the head of the church. Is Christ the head of the church? Yes. Is Christ the head of the husband? Uh, Yes, I hope. I pray. Because if we have a a husband that is not under Christ, it makes it real tough for the wife to be under the husband. Because the husband's going off and saying, I want to do this and I want to follow that and my opinion is more important than yours. And so in verse 21a, wives submit. But the husband needs to be submitted to Christ as the church is submitted to Christ. How you cannot force a submission. You can force obedience, but you can't force submission. And God is calling women to submit to the husband who is under Christ. If you're not under Christ, it is a distortion of the obedience. Every one of us is accountable to someone. And we are accountable to the Lord. This submission, as I said, was not something that can be forced. Women, wives, what is being presented here is a heart attitude. It's more than just doing something that your husband wishes or wants. It is a yielding, and there is a reason why we can yield. Because he is yielded. But it's a a, a submission and a heart attitude. Um, Let's look at verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Now this is an analogy uh, that, that is showing Christ in the church and the husband and the wife, the home and, and Christian life. But it's not a perfect analogy. Because Christ being the head of the church is perfect. His, his sacrificial love and, and his devotion 
is perfect. Now, wives, you might say, well, my husband's not like God, Christ. And so I'm resolved of submitting or yielding or following. Paul knew this. God knew that the husband wouldn't be perfect. This is a manner in which wives, you can display your faith in God. That he is bigger and he is greater by submitting to a man that's not perfect in all things. And a matter of fact, there are times in Scripture, and we may go there, we will. In First Peter speaks of Abraham and Sarah. I is the thought that that I can't submit to my husband because he is not completely like Christ a valid excuse. And and I would challenge and say no. Because God knew that he was working with people that are fallible and people that are on a process. He's talking to Christians and we are in a growth process. I pray that we are in a growth process. If you're not, then, then we need to look at, am I a Christian? Husbands, if you are not daily being conformed more and more into the image of Christ, then what are you? Are you following him? And that's not for me. That's for you and the Lord. But it is displayed in the way we interact with our wives. Um, I can submit to an imperfect husband because God is bigger. This man who has great faults, this man who is at times prideful and arrogant, this man who makes bad decisions, this man who wants to buy another boat, right? I can submit to him because God is bigger. This man who put me in a bad situation, I, men, don't put your wives in a bad situation. You don't expect your wife to submit to you when you are not looking out for her best interest. When you're looking to fill that emptiness, when you're looking to have that pride be one step higher in your position at work or your position in the community, and you're look and you're looking to build of yourself, and then you're asking her to help you. The submission is to the man under Christ. And the wife under her husband. I want to look at uh, 1 Peter 3. Very similar passage talking about husbands and wives. And I want to look at verse 1. And, and all the way through verse 7. This is longer than the passage we're going to be in, or that we're in, in Ephesians. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Likewise, women, be subject to your own husbands 
so that even if some don't obey the word, that they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Peter is calling women wives who even don't have a believing husband be subject to them. Defer to them. Obey them. So that even if some do not obey the word, that they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. I am a better man because of my wife. I wasn't that way necessary. No, <laughs> I wasn't that way to begin with. Her support. At times we have a marriage in which my wife challenges my thought. That is a mutual submission that is called for the entire body of Christ. I am a better husband because I have a wife that has heard the scriptures and tried to implement that in her life. Verse 3, the contrast here, your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden part of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit which in God's sight is very precious. For this is, the, this is how holy women of old, who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. Now let's look at a tough situation. Because you're saying again, he's not saved, he's got mistakes, he does foolish things, and you're still asking me to support him. Verse 6, as Sarah obeyed, Abraham calling him Lord. I'm not asking you to call your husband Lord. It was a different day and a different meaning. Honor and respect your husband. Calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good. And do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, live with your wives and in, uh, likewise husbands. Live with your wives in an understanding wife, showing honor to the women as to the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers be not hindered. There is a partnership. In Ephesians, a big theme is in Christ or being in the body of Christ. In the husband and wife relationship, there is a also a unity and a teamwork Seeing, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. We look at the situation with, Abra with Sarah and Abraham. I'm not sure if many of you or some of you know the situation that occurred here. When Abraham was traveling, he was told by God to go. He was taking his wife, Sarah, and the Bible says that she was beautiful. He, she was beautiful. And so Abraham was traveling. 
and he would come to a land and he said, when we get into this land, the king or the ruler or whoever may be in charge has this tendency to grab a hold of beautiful women and bring them into his harem. So Sarah, since we're married, he would kill me and take you. Could you just say that you're my sister? And Sarah did. Was this a bad decision? Did this put potentially Sarah in great harm's way? Wow, what a... I mean, the Lord did preserve her if we read that passage. Uh, trouble came upon the, the, the Pharaoh or the king, and, and, and he asked why, and it's because this woman's already married, and, she, and, and the king sent her back. But God is bigger than your husband who sometimes makes foolish decisions. A way wives show faith in God is by submitting to a husband that's not perfect. Saying, God, you are bigger than this man. And because you have called me to obey you, I will obey him. And God is bigger, and he will protect, and he will preserve. Now, I have to admit, at times, daughters and wives have been subject to this first phrase of verse 22. Wives submit. They've been subject to things that weren't put forward by a man, a husband, a father who is following after God. But God is faithful. And there is trouble in this life. And some have seen trouble. But know this, that God is the perfect father. God is the perfect husband. And that God is working. He is not done with your husband. He has not stopped with a man who has put you in harm's way. Look, verse 7 of this same passage. Husbands, Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you in the grace of life. Husbands, know who your wife is. Know what her tendencies might be. Know how she reacts when you do something, when you request something. When you present, I need a bigger boat. What will that provoke in your wife? Husbands, know your wives. Don't put them in bad spots. Don't tell them that they just have to deal with it because I'm the head. Husbands, she is your partner. You are a team. In this scripture as well, he mentions that she is the weaker vessel. 
And you know how I like to think of this? I am in our kitchen, our sink to the left is our cabinet of glasses. On the lower shelf, we have many plastic tumblers. On the upper shelves, we have goblets and fine china. I am the plastic tumbler, and my wife is the fine china. Now, are there things that you can do with a plastic tumbler, and it doesn't hurt things? There are things that you better not do with fine china or a wine glass, because it will cause irreparable harm. Men recognize that fact. And sometimes we say, yeah, but she said, yeah, but you're the tumbler. You can take it. Don't treat her that way because she's the wine glass. Be gentle as you are submitted to the Lord. Interact with your wife. You say, well, it doesn't bother me when we go through that. We have a dispute or an argument or some kind of contention in the home. And you think, well, I can live like that. I can go to work and and we don't have to talk about it and we'll get back to it one day. You're the plastic tumbler. It affects the fine china different. Men dwell with your wives in knowledge. Know who this woman is. And the Lord has created her. Beautiful. Fragile. And I I don't mean that she's going to collapse when something happens. I mean, you are just thick. You are sometimes thick-headed. Men recognize it. Deal, interact with your wife in knowledge. Let's go back, if we may, to the Ephesians passage. On my notes, I'm back in verse 24. Christians submitting to Christ. Part A. Now as the church submits to Christ. This is, this is many times the problem that we see in marriages in the church. That, that, that the husband is not submitted to Christ. And it causes all kinds of conflict in marriages. The lordship issue in our salvation in some people's lives is is a secondary thing. That I'm going to become saved and and there will be benefit for me. I will go to heaven one day and all of my troubles will be solved. But the lordship issue, the submission to Christ issue, is when we are challenged. Because when he says, do this or don't do that. Yeah, but, but, but God, I, in my workplace, I deserve, or I, that credit should be given to me. In many situations, we want to defend and stand up for our own rights my opinions and my person is very important to me. But Christ has said, 
put that aside and submit to me. Defer. This is the problem that we face in marriages, is that we don't have a submission first to Christ, and then how do we have a submission to a man who's imperfect? I want to look at the next verse here. And man, I, you know, we've only been in like really the, the, the women's scriptures, but I've, you know, we've talked about men a lot. We challenge men a lot. He gives one verse here to men. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, love and give. Love and give. Love more and give more. Love more and forgive more. There's no qualifications. There is no conditions on this. Men love and men, excuse me, husbands, one day men. We have a number of young people. We have older people, and who knows what the Lord's going to bring them into. As a husband, your charge is to love and to give. Now that's everything. Was God disillusioned in the Old Testament when he made a covenant with Israel and said, I will be for you and you follow me? And they didn't. Was God somehow not understanding what humans could do? No. God knew that the the humans were going to fail in that relationship. But God, the... As Brian had spoke of probably a year ago, the Hesed love of God, the steadfast, unfailing love of God toward his people. This is the love that men are called to. When Israel walked away and served other gods, God loved, God gave. When the New Testament Christians were beginning their walk to reflect Christ more, and they failed, God loved and God gave. Um, I want to look. Oh, that's coming. It's coming. Hold off. The Hesed love of Christ, the faithful love of God the Father. And Christ displayed that in his service to the church. You might say, in in this relationship, husbands, I I would love her, but... I, I would love her, but she is this. I would love her, but... God said love. What if God put that condition on his relationship with us? I will love you only and if you perform. 
there would be no relationship between God and man. God committed himself to love in spite of whatever the object of his love did. I want to look, I want to bring to your attention, there's a prophet in the Bible, Hosea. I don't read Hosea a lot. I'm not an expert on Hosea. But I do know this. God called him to go out and marry a harlot. And he did. (laughs) Submission and obedience, sometimes we don't understand. He did. And tell, I'm only figuring that that marriage had a lot of trouble. And at some point, oh, yeah, get this. Her name was Gomer. Okay, so young man, Gomer. Mm, Anyway, think about it. (laughs) So at one point, Gomer just decided, forget this marriage. I'm going back to my old way of life. And she did. And God said to Hosea, Hosea, love and give. Because this is a picture of me and the church. Hosea, go to that city, find her, drag her out of that house, and bring her back. Show your love for her. Yeah, but she doesn't want me. She doesn't listen to me. She doesn't love me. Husbands, this is the kind of love that we're called to. To serve your wife and to love her in all things. Oh, you don't know my wife. If you knew my wife, you wouldn't be saying this to me. God knew your wife. God knew the church. God knew Gomer. Now, do we obey? Do we lay down our desire, men, husbands, our rights, our wishes, (coughs) and love? We're coming close to the end, so I need to go. Was Jesus not aware of our selfishness? Was he not aware of our disobedience? Was he not aware of our pride? Was Jesus not aware of our covetousness when he went to the cross for us? He was. But he said, I will love. Christ's love for us, Matthew 20, 28, says that Christ came not to be served, but to serve. This is not a a love, husbands, your love for your wife is not a love of attraction. It's not a love of of enjoyment. It's not a love of common interest. It is a decisional love. It is a sacrificing, self-giving love. I didn't put this on the, or ask them to put this on the screen. I want to go to Philippians 2. We're speaking of how, verse 25, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. 
Ephesians, or excuse me, Philippians 2, if you have your Bible. And I want to look at verse 7. Verse 5, we may start there. Having this mind among yourselves, which is... Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God to be a thing that was grasped or held on to tightly. Men, the head, do you, do you grasp that very tightly? But this is the way it is. God put men over or the head of the household. How tightly do you grasp that? Do you use that as a weapon or a tool? Christ did not grasp or hold on to that, that I am God. But verse 7, he emptied himself and he took on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He emptied himself of his position and everything he could have held on to. As he was on the cross, one of the criminals alongside of him said, if you're the son of God, get yourself down from here and take us with you. And he said, I could call right now legions of angels. He had the right. He had the position. But he said, I'm going to yield to the will of my father. Husbands, do we love like this? I'm going to yield to the position, the wish of my wife? Or do you hold your position? Um, he emptied himself of position and rights. We see that Christ came to be a servant, and this is his leadership, servant leadership. He humbled himself, and he sacrificed unto death, even the death of the cross. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and give your life for her. You know, I, I began this by saying, you know, the women submitting to the husband because this is the way the Lord has established the chain of command and not command, accountability. But men... Give up everything for your wife. That's the call. Your career. And, and don't, don't take this wrong. Don't quit your job. <laughs> but is your career interfering with your role in loving your wife? Is your activities interfering with your role of serving your wife? Are your, your time for rest and enjoyment and unwinding 
interfering with you loving and serving your wife. Because he only gave men two things to do. Love and give like Christ did. I mean, all Christ did was put the will of the Father above his own in all things. And all he did was gave up every right and position and role and pleasure that he had for her. Husbands. What a huge task we have. But this is what the Paul has put forward, the word of God for us. Love does love going to this extreme protects the dignity and the welfare of the wife. Sometimes a wife would say, he's not perfect and I don't trust what situation I might be in. If I yield. Husband, if you put your wife above any desire, any wish, any goal that you have, she all of a sudden is protected. There are safeguards. Her dignity is elevated. She becomes that wine glass of great value on the top shelf. Women, wives, your husbands aren't perfect. If they're not walking with the Lord, like we read in 1 Peter, through your holy conduct, through your behavior, through your submission, And prayers? Will that man be conformed more and more to the image of Christ? I believe so. If he's not saved at all, you can win him by showing him, I have faith in God and I can submit to you. I have to go back to Ephesians 5, verse 24. In in how Paul has spelled out the relationship between the husband and the wife, the challenge we find is that we don't see it, one, being for Christians everywhere to one another, a mutual submission, and we don't see, in verse 24, that there is submission to Christ as the head. The only way a marriage glorifies God is when we have two people that are in submission to him. Is submission and servanthood the things that we choose to ignore when our salvation is ignoring the Lordship of Christ. 
When we say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to become a Christian because that will get me to heaven and life will be good. And when trouble comes, God will rescue me. But when God puts a request or a demand, do we leave that to the side and say, no, 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 the Lordship of Christ, I'm not quite there yet. One day I'll grow into that. But right now I'm in the salvation of Christ stage. As a church, we are, we are challenged with if, if God... If Jesus is the one we are following, do we yield to him? Are we followers of Christ? This is a good passage. Husbands and wives, people that aren't married, people that have been married, people who are called to being single. Submission is what the Christian is called to. And servanthood is what the Christian is called to. Women, we're going to look at the submission part. That doesn't take servanthood out of your life. Men, we're going to look at servanthood. That doesn't take the submission part out of your life. Christians, followers of Christ, let us submit to Him and obey Him on all things. Amen. We're going to pray. Lord, we thank you for the day. We thank you for your scriptures. We thank you for the challenge that you present. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that you've placed within each one of us. I thank you, Lord God, that we are being changed more and more into your image at day by day. Father, we are yours. We are the clay and you are the potter. Take our rough edges and make them smooth. Mold us and form us into that which you would have us to be. That, Father, that we might reflect you. That our marriages may reflect Christ in the church. Father, forgive us of times that we violated or disobeyed your word. That, Father, we've stood up for our own pride. We've stood up for our own opinion. And we've defended ourselves when you called for us to submit one to another. Be God. May we be your people. Draw us to yourself and change us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.